This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about toothpicks. Yes. And it is surprisingly perhaps fun. Um, it's a fun one. Yeah, yeah, there was, all right, so so we had been uh, reached out to by some of the fine humans at our company to ask if we would want to do an episode uh, surrounding, like, Super Bowl-related topics, and I know I just said the word. <gasps> you, even in the outline, <laughs> even in the outline, you write the big game as though someone is going to bust into our Google Docs. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. I'm ready for the knock on my closet studio door any minute. <laughs> they they really don't. It's really not like that. They really. <laughs> Lauren, we're not Lauren. we're not selling anything. We're not marketing anything based on the Super Bowl. We're just saying that it's happening. We're selling our personalities and <laughs> our brand. I well, okay, not no, I guess, but. <laughs> I feel um, like I just put a toothpick in your <laughs> argument. Oh no! Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right, and so we were like, "Oh, all right, like, 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 what can we talk about surrounding Super Bowl sort of topics?" And I was like, "I don't know. What about like cocktail picks? What about like toothpicks?" Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because we've done a lot of the pretty big Super Bowl adjacent foods already. Mm-hmm. Um, we did discuss doing Cincinnati chili, but we thought that would be like picking a side. So yeah, we backed away from that one. <laughs> yeah, um, but but yeah, toothpicks. Yeah, because they are involved in a lot of snacks. Um, and actually, I bought some toothpicks many years ago um, when we were playing D&D pretty regularly. And I would make all those snacks. Like oh, a lot of things sure. I would make mm-hmm. required toothpicks. Yeah, for serving. Yeah, to yeah. have little handheld bites. Sure. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I have a lot of toothpick thoughts, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I used to be extremely anti-toothpick in high school. Oh. I thought they were a waste. Like, I just, <laughs> I couldn't get behind it. You were, like, environmentally <laughs> speaking, like, this is ridiculous yeah. to use a single-use thing and then throw it away. Okay. Right. But I say that as in I'm not entirely sure which is worse, toothpicks or floss. <laughs> oh, Oh, but well. at at the time, I was very anti toothpick, and I got in a big fight with our class president actually in high school. Oh, where he was like trying to, I guess, prove I was a hypocrite because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You sit in chairs; they're made of wood." And I was like, "But you could use floss. You don't need toothpicks." We it was a whole blowout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how I feel about it looking back. I guess I stood up for my ideals. I don't know how great of my ideals they were, but but you stood up for yourself, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I we like I remember this fight. We were wow. in front of the classroom oh fighting about this. Yeah. I-, <laughs> I do not have a have any emotionally charged toothpick. <laughs> Story. I'm shocked. Shocked, Lauren. <laughs> I have another one, actually. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, so in doing this research, it was really interesting because when you think about it, toothpicks are used for a lot of different things, not just for picking teeth. And one of the things that caught my eye was, you know, people build things using toothpicks. Um Sure, little little models or something, or yeah, or yeah, even using them as support structures for like a gingerbread house, or you know. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, we had a project where we had to build a bridge using toothpicks. Oh, okay. It haunts me to this day. <laughs> to this day, I. That bridge, I had like this triangle design. I had, I was using all these like most load bearing, like efficient designs that I could find online. It was way too complicated and had to use so much glue. And I would just go home every lunch break for like a week and just be like, dry glue, please dry. Wow. <laughs> all right. And I'm pretty sure it shattered when I, I drove. Oh, it to no. Oh, mm-hmm. dude. It was one of my most traumatic uh, building projects I've ever wow. undertaken. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. Heck, I'm having a moment. You yeah. are, yeah, yeah. I well, Jeez. you know, it's in the past. Those toothpicks can't hurt you anymore, Annie. 
But toothpicks can hurt. They. <laughs> I've also been hurt by a toothpick, and that's something else that's going to come up in this outline. I'm just a lot of stuff has been unearthed. Yeah, apparently I'm. I'm sorry <laughs> if I if I had known I might have you know like like done a trigger warning or something like I would have made sure. <laughs> For me, it's specifically like, like content warning. Like, hey, Annie, like, are you going to be okay if we do a toothpick episode? <laughs> you could have told me. Jeez. I honestly, until we like, until I sat down and started oh, doing the research, okay. that's when all this started coming out. Right. I was like, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't immediate because I was starting to feel like some kind of toothpick monster. <laughs> what? Well, which sounds terrifying. Um, but no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, it's actually, it was really enjoyable, um, it was really enjoyable research, even if I do have these memories associated with it. But I also have the positive memory of testing, uh, to see if brownies were done or cakes were done. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that is probably my number one, that's absolutely my number one use of toothpicks around the house. Uh, that's, I don't, I don't usually use them as like a personal grooming thing and I don't tend to make the sort of uh, food products that would require a toothpick because I'm like, oh, no, that's no, I, I make giant stews. That's basically all I cook, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I guess you could use a toothpick on. But anyway, um, yeah. So but but whenever I'm doing a baked good, I'm like, is the toothpick clean? Like, yeah. Let's that out. <laughs> Do you say it in that voice, <laughs> that tone? <laughs> Look, you got to tell those cakes who's boss. OK, OK. <laughs> Okay. You got to uh, make them understand that you are in charge. <laughs> sure. And you will not brook any shenanigans. <laughs> no cake shenanigans for you, I see. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, perhaps we both have some <laughs> unearthed issues here. But all right, let us get to our question. Yes. Toothpicks. What are they? Well, uh, toothpicks are a type of hand tool. Um, they're they're uh, small oblong sticks that often come to a point on at least one end um, and are meant to, yes, either spear small bites of food to bring to your mouth or to, uh, to hold bits of food together or to help you remove small bits of food from between your teeth. As an extension of part A, there they can also be used to uh, to fix a garnish in a cocktail glass, perhaps. Um, they're often meant to be single use and disposable. They're uh, they're like a good way to handle food without using your hands. Yeah, not my yeah. most poetic, <laughs> but that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're they're like the tiniest skewers. Uh they're they're a simple but effective tool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about those sword-shaped ones. Yeah. Those plastic sword ones. Oh, oh yeah, my. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good and so silly. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, disposable toothpicks can indeed be made from plastic like that or from wood or from bamboo. Um, if you're working with wood, you want to take a nice, uh, strong but flexible wood log, like like birch. Um, it's usually birch in the industry, and uh, and then veneer it, meaning you sort of peel it into long, thin strips, like like ribbons almost. Um, it's sort of like it's sort of like using a spiralizer, um, but on a log. It's it's if you've never seen video of this happening, it's wild and beautiful 
look it up. Um, super interesting. I also am personally, as, as I was doing the 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 reading for this, I realized that I miss how it's made so much because that <laughs> just slightly bonkers level of extremely yeah. chill narration with like very off-putting background music. <laughs> Uh-huh. And really boring mechanical processes. I was just like, oh gosh, th- this just really hits some kind of spot. I don't even like weed in this hits some kind of spot. <laughs> At any rate, um, so you're working with birch, you veneer it, yes, and then either uh, punch out flat-sided toothpicks um, or uh, stamp and then mill down rounded toothpicks. Bamboo toothpicks, meanwhile, are made by um, splitting stalks of bamboo into long, thin rods that are then cut to length. In both cases, uh, the toothpicks are then dried until they're hard and tumbled until they're smooth. Afterwards, they can be machined so that they're um, really sharp and pointy at one end um, and flat or grooved at the other. Some can be decorated at one end with a with a frill of paper or plastic. Um, some can be soaked with a flavored compound like mint or cinnamon during the processing to give the finished pick a, a breath-freshening flavor. Mm-hmm. Plastic toothpicks are generally made by uh, filling, uh, you know, long, skinny toothpick-shaped molds with liquid plastic and then cooling and drying them until they're hard and then polishing or tumbling them smooth. Um, Special decorative molds can be used to create shapes at one end, you know, like a cute little animal or a leaf or something or a logo. Um, You can also stamp specialized shapes out of wood veneer. This reminded me... When we were in Oahu and we went to that poke battle in the grocery yeah. store, one of the dishes of poke was served with a little Mickey Mouse toothpick. That's right. And I was like, well, this is heckin' cute. <laughs> and it was delicious. Oh, gosh, it was delicious. Oh, man, mm. poke. Okay, anyway. Mm. Um, yes, these disposable toothpicks can be packaged um, in boxes of a few hundred or individually wrapped in paper or plastic for distribution through, like, restaurants or airlines or hospitals or what have you. Um, but not all toothpicks are disposable. Um, you can use affordable but durable materials like stainless steel or fancier stuff like silver or some kind of decorative hardwood um, to make a, a reusable or even heirloom toothpick. I think that was my favorite rabbit hole of this episode was looking up. Oh, yeah. Um, like fancy toothpicks from the past. Yeah. And... Yesteryear's like collectible toothpicks. And it's just like, yeah. wait, what? Goodness. Way too big, too. Like they looked like they were unwieldy. <laughs> yeah, like cigarette sized. And you're like, that's yeah. not quite okay. It's like a big quill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, huh. it was a, it was a good rabbit hole. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what about the nutrition? Definitely don't eat a toothpick. No. That's really dangerous. For, don't ingest something that hard and pointy. That's bad. As we will talk about a few times throughout this episode, that's very definitely do not do that. No, I don't usually Avoid. give unequivocal uh, nutrition advice, but this is one of them. Don't eat toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be a shirt. <laughs> Don't eat toothpicks. Don't eat toothpicks. <laughs> now I'm like, no. oh man, I bet someone makes edible toothpicks out of. I bet he- some heckin', heckin' something. Um, mm-hmm. oh, maybe like a good. I bet you could make like a like a decent enough like cracker situation, or maybe some kind of veggie spear, like a carrot, yeah. like a carrot stick. 
Yeah. Ooh. I bet you could. Okay. Oh. Future experimentation. Listeners. Yeah. Let us know. In the if meanwhile, you've encountered this. <laughs> um, we do have some numbers for you. Uh huh. Um, a single birch tree can be made into about four million toothpicks. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Um, at its peak, Strong Maine, the toothpick capital of the world, as it was once called, manufactured 95% of America's wooden toothpicks. During World War II, they were making over $75 billion annually. That's wild. Woo. That's <laughs> wild. Mm-hmm. Um, modern birch flat toothpicks can be punched out at a rate of 8000 per minute. And processing facilities can handle about uh, 747,500 toothpicks an hour or about 20 million a day. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of toothpicks. That's a lot of toothpicks. Wow. Um there is a specialty shop in Tokyo, Japan, that has been producing high-quality toothpicks for over 300 years. Um, according to their site, which I had to access via Google Translate. So, okay, so. Yeah, a little grain of salt there. But according to the Google Translated site, only about 400 of these toothpicks can be made a day by a skilled craftsman. Or cra- skilled craftsman or craftsman. I was unsure <laughs> if it was multiple people. Or a single or person. person. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, because they really didn't go into the specifics of what, of any of that. Um, in another statistic, they claim a craftsman can make 2,000 confectionery toothpicks a day because they kind of differentiate between what's used to clean your teeth and what's just used oh, to all right. get mm-hmm. confections. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a dated number, but according to the CDC, from 1979 to 1982, there were around 8,100 toothpick-related injuries in the U.S. per year. Oof. Oh, no. Huh. I know. Toothpick-related injuries. Be very careful. Um, <laughs> uh, there are a number of world records regarding toothpicks here I-, I picked a few of my favorites because if you really start going, you can really go. Um, so, so yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, the most toothpicks placed in a beard uh-huh. is 3,500. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was achieved in 2018 after three hours and 13 minutes of work. Wow. Yeah. How do you get them out? I very carefully. I oh, goodness. <laughs> It's really, the photographs are really cool. Like the guy, or I'm not sure if cool is quite the right word for it, but very interesting. Like the guy just looks like his face is like made out of uh, hedgehogs. <laughs> Ooh, I yeah, like that. That's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the most toothpicks put into a beard in a single minute is 62. Is it the person, like the same person whose beard it is doing it? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's okay. the same dude who who got both of those records. Oh, oh, so he's okay. Yeah, he's this really is going like for his it. Niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the the most toothpicks rotated in one's mouth simultaneously um, is sixty six toothpicks. <laughs> that sounds dangerous <laughs> to me. <laughs> yes, I know, right? 
Oh, mm. heck. Um, toothpick sculptures. Um, the tallest toothpick sculpture on record uh, was 5.09 meters. That's 16.7 feet. Um, I'm not sure what it was of. Uh, the smallest toothpick sculpture was a replica of the Empire State Building that was made from a single toothpick. And it stood 19.86 millimeters. That's about 0.78 inches. Was it just a toothpick? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all carved. It was all... Okay. It was all okay. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody showing up and being like... I'm being like, like, here it is. I have made this tower. the Empire State <laughs> Don't you see the likeness? I mean, it's not incorrect. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Some have written about the villainization of the toothpick, uh, how it's used to signify a villain or perhaps someone who is just not the best, maybe up to no good. A little bit unsavory. Yes. But on the other hand, how at some points it has also been a symbol of, like, coolness. Yeah, that, like, James Dean kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And this is a part of Laszlo's Jackie Daytona disguise in <laughs> the show, What We Do in the Shadows on FX, where he puts in the toothpick. And it's when he removes the toothpick that Jim the Vampire slash Mark Hamill sees that he is truly a He's, vampire and yeah. recognizes him for what he is. <laughs> and that he is not, in fact, a, what is it, normal human bartender? Yeah. Nor yes. <laughs> That episode is so good. <laughs> oh, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just one example of many of the toothpick. And we'll we'll talk about more examples in our history section. Oh, we will. And we're going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Could just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, 
I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So there's been surprisingly a lot of academic inquiry into toothpicks. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, toothpicks (laughs) go way back. They do. So the consensus is that humans have probably been using tools to pick their teeth since pretty much forever. Anthropologists suggest that the grooves on the teeth of some Neanderthal remains um, were made by the use of roughly crafted rudimentary toothpicks, most likely constructed of, of stiff grass or something like that. In 298 BCE, a tyrant of Syracuse named Agathales allegedly was killed after using a poison-soaked toothpick. <gasps> toothpick intrigue! <laughs> uh, and according to popular legend, in ancient Roman times, Emperor Nero allegedly also entered a dining hall with a silver toothpick in his mouth. And indeed, throughout history, toothpicks have been made of all kinds of fancy materials and in all kinds of shapes. And yeah, remember, this was before standardized toothbrushes, toothpaste, and floss. So many of our past topics we've covered were at one time used as breath fresheners, for instance. This was something that was on people's minds. Uh, and as long as humans have been eating, and perhaps specifically meat, which human teeth are not necessarily well designed for, we've been looking for ways to keep our mouths, if not clean, then not like outright decaying. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. The toothpick is one of the earliest non-lithic tools used by hominids that we know of, and picking one's teeth has been called one of our oldest habits. According to a few sources, toothpicks really took off in Japan during the Edo period, um, the early to mid 1600s specifically. Later, some toothpicks in Japan were inscribed with fortunes, and in one region there was a tradition of gifting Sinbei crackers with a fortune-wrapped toothpick inside, which made way for the fortune cookie, oh. which is a different episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Whole separate But I thing. thought that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I just got, I got a fortune cookie lately, and what did it say? And I was offended. I was like, <laughs> I don't need your judgment, oh. <laughs> fortune cookie. <laughs> okay. It was basically like, get your act together or else. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, if oh I had wanted, God. if I if I had wanted that kind of read, I would have gone to my tarot cards or something. That's... <laughs> right? Right? Like, pardons. You didn't have to come for me that hard, Cookie. I know. I know. I tried to, like, crumple it up and throw it away, but it's so light that 
nothing really happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Gosh darn it. Um, well, uh, records indicate that an order of Portuguese nuns in the 16th century made money making a treat that was a sticky treat, uh, sticky to the fingers. It got lodged in the teeth. So they further supported themselves by selling toothpicks in order for people to pick up the goods and ah. then pick out the remaining debris of, in their teeth. It's <laughs> clever. Um, and some sources do suggest that a whole etiquette around when and where to use toothpicks arose around this time in Europe. I tried to access this because I desperately wanted to know more, but it was a page. I couldn't get to it. Um, I believe that that is true. That just makes sense to me that there was rules around it. But Oh, of course. Yeah. Couldn't get any more specifics than that. Uh, and those grooves we mentioned earlier, those grooves on the teeth of the Neanderthals, they have been puzzling anthropologists for years. But at least by 1911, a French anthropologist was suggesting that they were caused by toothpicks. And it should be noted, the Neanderthals sporting these grooves were uncovered all over. Indigenous Australians, Native Americans, Canary Islanders, and Upper Dynastic Egyptians, to name a few. The, the oldest known examples are from Africa. A tooth from an archaeological site in Ethiopia with these grooves is estimated to be nearly 2 million years old. Ooh, I know. <laughs> However, some argue that even a lifetime of use of toothpicks could not have caused those grooves and that hmm. something else must have been the cause. Um, they suggest perhaps the toothpicks were used to relieve tooth pain. And then I know I saw another argument that was saying, like, just by the nature of these rudimentary toothpicks, it would take more force over time and so you'd be digging deeper and deeper as you use them the more uh -huh. you used them so i don't know there's still discussion and debate and i i tell you people are really looking into this so yeah <laughs> yeah we'll have an update yeah no no i mean because the study of dental hygiene through the ages is is interesting to a lot of a lot of different people and right and you know like like I, I just did an episode over on Brain Stuff about um, the history of toothpaste and how, oh. yeah, and, and how it inter intersects with um, these, right, these handheld tooth-related tools, like early, early brush-type things or, or, yeah, stuff mm -hmm. with, with fibrous-type things that people were using. So, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> it has been fascinating research for, for real. Uh, the American industrial toothpick industry took off in the 19th century and is largely credited to Boston businessman Charles Forster, who was born in 1826 to a rich family in New England. The story goes that while working for his importer-exporter uncle in Brazil, he noticed that the indigenous Brazilians had excellent teeth, and he thought it was due to these handcrafted toothpicks that they were using. Um, and this was during the Industrial Revolution-ish, so he got the idea to mass-produce toothpicks and export and sell them to South America. Uh, while he wasn't the most knowledgeable in the actual engineering arena, he uh -huh. was very, very business savvy and was able to get a patent and essentially a monopoly on toothpicks here in the U.S. He took inspiration from shoemaking technology, and by 1870, his factory was churning out millions of toothpicks a day. However... He still struggled at times to find a market. Uh, many just whittled their own toothpicks when needed uh -huh. uh, and didn't see the point in purchasing something that they could have just made, um, especially something that was a one-time use item. 
So to sell his product, Forster paid Harvard students to go around to restaurants and retail locations asking for toothpicks, uh, sometimes causing quite a fuss when toothpicks weren't available. And lo and behold, um, Forster would show up in the next few days offering his wares, offering his toothpicks. <laughs> to really seal the deal, the same students would return once the toothpicks had been purchased to ask for them. Yeah, and I and I read that um, when they were purchasing like boxes from retail locations, the students would then immediately, you know, like like they would be purchasing them with money that Forrester had given them, and then they would just go back and hand the toothpicks back to Forrester, and so it was <laughs> a s- circle of toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> the great circle of toothpicks. We mm-hmm. all know it. <laughs> <laughs> And through this, Forster really helped make the toothpick into something that was viewed as integral to the American dining experience. It was seen as ritualistic and cool and accessory and a sign of status. Um, it, it suggested that the toothpick chewer could afford to dine at a nice restaurant. Uh, through all this, there were still um, reusable toothpicks out there on the market as part of people's like personal like hygiene kits or or personal carry kits. Um, In the 1880s, surrounding all of this, there was an article in Harper's Bazaar that advised readers to avoid gold or silver toothpicks as they could scratch your tooth enamel um, and to avoid ivory toothpicks because those were unsanitary, but was promoting these disposable wooden toothpicks and quills um, and recommended using them quickly and without drawing any unnecessary attention. You know, don't make any noise. <laughs> don't like try to like hide your mouth with a napkin while you're doing it. Just do it and be done with it. <laughs> don't draw attention to your toothpick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, later in films, toothpicks and using toothpicks could represent a menacing villain or an extension of the strong brooding hero. It was an item actors could use to emphasize a point or to simply give a character an outlet to express an emotion. Mm -hmm. At his peak, Forster was producing 500 million toothpicks a year, and several competitors started up in the state of Maine in response, including Strong Maine. Yes, later, the the toothpick capital of the world. More Mm -hmm. on that later. Mm Mm-hmm. And in 1884, the New York Times published an editorial about the author's dismay of women using toothpicks. I know. (laughs) Writing that women, quote, cannot feel at ease on rising in the morning unless they consume two or three toothpicks before breakfast. Gosh, the women of our day boldly Uh. using toothpicks. How dare they? (laughs) Boldly going where no toothpick has gone before. (laughs) My, oh, my. (laughs) Well. I actually was confused when I first read the article because I was like, is this negative? And then someone kindly explained it. I was like, oh, "Oh, okay, I got you. (laughs) They're just using a lot of toothpicks. Is that bad? Acting like men (laughs) having dental hygiene. How dare they? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well. Um, And yes, at certain points throughout the 19th and 20th century, toothpicks were viewed as a sign of rudeness and or poor health. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, in 1904, uh, Forster showed off his fancy round toothpicks at the St. Louis World's Fair. Ooh. Uh 
Uh, according to one source I read, mothers wrapping a toothpick with cotton to swab a baby's ears and nose may have led to the invention of the Q-tip in the 1920s. It was a really interesting article. It was about how the toothpick lends itself to a lot of different uses and have in that way sort of led to other things to be invented. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've, I have seen that fact in separate articles about Q-tips before. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At some point during World War II, uh, facing supply shortages of many different things, um, the U.S. Department of Commerce called a conference to standardize American toothpick sizes. It was like, no more of these wastefully large toothpicks. Um, <laughs> right. And that is how, apparently, we wound up with the then standard, at any rate, of a, a two-inch length for round toothpicks and a 2.375 inch length for flat toothpicks. Wow. All right. I like specificity. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by where it comes from, but I like it. (laughs) And then in 1941, author Sherwood Anderson died from complications after swallowing a toothpick on a cruise. Um, it's unsure if it was a food or drink item that was the cause, because uh, I read something that said it was like a sausage situation, and then I read something that was a cocktail drink, so I'm not sure. Um, but whatever the case was, toothpicks were, they were, this was around the time they were showing up in cocktails, so that might be one of the reasons people were like, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> but yeah, hmm. Some believe that President Warren G. Harding, a frequent toothpick chewer, also died via toothpick. So, yeah, watch out. Don't. Yeah, don't mess with it. Don't mess. Don't mess. And, yes, once the toothpick capital of the world, Strong Maine's last American wooden toothpick factory closed in 2003. Just not as much demand for the toothpick. Yeah. I don't I have conflicting thoughts. Conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> but the history is certainly interesting. Yes. Oh, so cool. Yeah. It was a fun one. I recommend the fancy toothpick rabbit hole. Uh, there's some really great images out there. Uh, and if any of you have any fancy toothpicks, oh, my gosh, you've got to let us know. <laughs> Yes, we would love so much to hear about your toothpick pleasure and pain. <laughs> yes, do you also have toothpick trauma? You can contact <laughs> us. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Me. 
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts? Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with the snow, snow mail. Toothpick. Ah. It's <laughs> 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 a very violent listener mail. Intro. That was. You should have seen the hand gestures, listeners. It was very intense. <laughs> it was quite intense. There was a look in my eye. I was glad Ooh. we were over Skype. <laughs> um. I we should we should start this one. We want to thank some listeners, mysterious listeners, who sent us marzipan. Uh, we got two packages of marzipan. There was no name on either of the packages. It mm-hmm. might have been from the same person. They just came at different times. I'm not sure, but thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So I we got to try it. I uh, got my first taste. The shapes, they're so cute. They're little fruits. Yeah. Like apples and oranges and limes. And I really enjoyed it. I liked the texture a lot. Um, and I'm very excited to share these. We got some decent, we got a decent number of marzipan uh, to share, to dole yes. out. So mm-hmm. excited. Very exciting. So thank you. Yes. And also, I really appreciate how many listeners wrote in. I got a confession to make. I guess I don't know how to work Instagram. Because um, <laughs> I logged in there today, and I thought I'd been like keeping pretty regularly, like answering. I guess I just didn't realize there was that whole other like third tab that was, you know, unknown. Like 
you should check and see whether you know this person. Oh. So I was answering messages that were from like two years ago oh, today. No. <laughs> but I appreciated how many of you wrote in as I was diving into that about how you loved uh, the Mars Van Hedgehog, how you stopped and looked it up and loved the Mars Van Hedgehog. Oh, yay. Cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is glorious. Yes. It is absolutely glorious. All right, so Leslie sent a picture of some peanut butter uh, for the recent National Peanut Butter Day (laughs) and wrote, this one goes out to you, Annie. Also, did you know the Peanut Butter Council has a spoon that is engraved with peanut butter is my favorite food group? I got one (laughs) in a kit recently and thought of you. We currently have four peanut butters in my house, creamy, crunchy, Honey roasted creamy, all Peter Pan because the spouse has opinions on peanut butter brands. Okay. And a jar of Big Spoon Nut Butters in Durham. There was a jar of regular peanut butter in the hotel room we stayed in on our wedding night near the mini fridge. And of course, one of our friends opened it, so we had to take it. Ah. Uh, huh. And the salted peanuts. <laughs> yes. Yes. To all the peanut butter, yes, to peanut butter on the wedding night, <laughs> yes, to peanut butter opinions, and in all of these different types, I know Joe have at least 20 jars of peanut butter right now due to circumstances that were kind of out of my control, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> is that is that also uh, uh, due to the National Peanut Council? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, y'all, we got to take this amazing field trip that the that the Peanut Council sponsored and got to go out to Alabama and uh, and meet some farmers and just really, really interesting human people. Um, and we got this great tape and then the world sort of exploded and we haven't had the capacity to put together a little mini series from that yet. We need to. Yeah. The peanut. It was cool. <laughs> the peanut farm machinery was so fascinating. Yes, and and listeners, in one of the most endearing mix-ups I've ever encountered, they accidentally hired like a party bus yeah. <laughs> to transport us around. <laughs> so it was a bunch of like food journalists on this party bus in peanut fields, and we it was delightful. It was delightful. <laughs> it's hard to put into words how delightful it was. <laughs> But they also sent us each a flat of peanut butter. Yes. No so. joke. <laughs> it was awesome. It was yeah. so cool to see how it was made. So yeah. hopefully one day soon-ish we can pull that together because it was be really good. Absolutely. In the meanwhile, uh, John, who also sent us an amazing package, wrote, I love learning more about so many foods. Some I love, others I know little about. I've lived in Japan for about 20 years, and all the pop culture references give me a clue of what's going on outside my culture. I don't get into TV shows or movies. Horror. Oh, gosh, no, I'm a wimp. I can't watch that. Now I know a bit more of what Bob's Burgers and various Star Wars movies and more are about. And then uh, John told us a bit about some of the goodies he sent, uh, along with some other notes. Um, Horikake rice sprinkles. Did Lauren mention that she takes a bit of horikake and eats it straight in an episode long ago? Yes, I did. Uh, When I want something flavorful and savory but don't want a snack snack, that's what I do. Sukiyaki flavor tastes kind of like uh, Bako's imitation bacon bits, which I'll also eat a bit of straight. This is my favorite flavor for eating straight. Others, I put on rice. 
do as you like. The Google Translate app usually does an okay slash good job of translating Japanese. Um, the shichimi spice is from a small shop in Nikko. Uh, Nikko is one of Japan's top tourist spots and just two hours west of my home. It was a good place to go to get most of these items for you. I've lived in Fukushima Prefecture for four years, proud of it. I'm a part of a group making calendars to show the world what Fukushima is actually like, a nice place. Uh, the back of the calendar explains the project more. This year, my photo is on the cover. Uh, from the site listed on the last page of the calendar, www.thisisfukushima.org, um, you can scroll down to previous year's calendars and download them free as PDFs. By the time you receive this, the 2022 calendar should be up on the site. Um, and then, furthermore, he commented, Durian, the stinky cheese slash natto of fruits. I like blue cheese and durian. Both were acquired tastes. Natto, the texture gets me, and I struggle to get it down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I still got that durian ice cream, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, I will say yeah. I, I, love, I love the flavor of... Um, of natto, uh, I can I can understand the texture being a thing, and I do think. <laughs> also, I do think, like, okay, so so we had we had that Facebook Live show called Snack Stuff for a while. Mm -hmm. Annie was the producer on it, and um, Ben Bolin and I were on camera. Uh, uh, ben Bolin from um, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know and stuff like that, and. And, like, Ben Bolin and I have had some adventures, y'all. Like, I mean, like, we've worked pretty closely for a number of years. And we're, like, we're, like, pretty tight. Um, mm -hmm. I think the biggest judgment face I've ever gotten from him was when I ate a bite of natto. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> he, like, gave me this look. He was like, what kind? <laughs> oh, no. Of inhuman monster art. Like, How? How? I'm not mad. I'm just impressed. Like it was just, it was like a lot of face. I was just like, yeah. oh, okay. Heck. A lot of emotions. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had Nato <laughs> once. And I feel like the biggest thing I remember was that I liked the taste, but it was a pain to eat. Like I remember it being like, it's just sort of stringy. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a whole thing. But yeah. I, I liked the taste. <laughs> At any rate, yeah, not to in in no way to shame anyone no, for anything no. that they like or dislike. Um, it was just mm -hmm. very funny. I was like, really, this this is the moment. This is the thing. Yeah, you you all ate some strange. Hmm. <laughs> some items I am I will say I was unfamiliar with and sounded strange to my particular mm -hmm. <laughs> taste. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, but she did it spectacularly. Yeah, you know, I I don't I, I can't think of a single thing on there that I wouldn't that we ate on there that I wouldn't eat again. Um, I think my least favorite thing was the spoiled milk flavored Jelly Belly. Oh, that was that was the only thing I didn't like because oh, it tasted like spoiled awful because it tasted like <laughs> spoiled milk. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, no, no, everything else, yeah. I'm like, sure, that's fine. Insects, rattlesnake, yeah, do 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 what you uh, want. That's okay. I think that that ranch flavored soda that made my stomach turn. Oh, <laughs> that made my stomach. I mean, it's not like bad. I mean, it's not like good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, you're being nice about it, but sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't like ra- I mean, that's like one of my very rare things I really avoid. But yeah, it was fine. I it's not like I did a spit take like it was Dr. Pepper or something. Um, but it was it was a lot. There's a lot going on. That that is it. It yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, um, that's awesome about the calendar. The calendars are lovely. John sent us a bunch of calendars, mm-hmm. and now I'm like kind of determined to slip in a random reference in every episode just for you, John, so you can keep up on. Yeah, just for like our own integrity, we can keep you up to date on the pop culture. <laughs> What's going like, on? Oh yes, oh yes. Very Our very specific niche area. of <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That we got you. We got you. <laughs> we'll keep you. We'll keep you up to date. <laughs> uh, and thank you so much again for sending the the package. It was very well received yes. and it was spread out. Yes, Everyone was very happy. You. Yes, um, and thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. Thanks to the mysterious sender of the marzipan or senders of the marzipan. Uh-huh. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes. Uh, (laughs) All three places we are at Saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.